This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you? Yeah, very well. Very well, thank you. It feels like ages since we last spoke, but just a week. Oh, it's, it's felt like an eternity. Yeah, it's, it's, it does feel like a weirdly long time, given that we, I guess it was just a slightly earlier kickoff. It makes Saturday feel like a very strange day when there's that much time after the game. Oh, yeah. How was Newport for you? You know, it was, it was not too bad. I wasn't there for as long as I was thinking, because we essentially decided we should probably get out before the rugby game even ends. So there's, there's no difficulties there. But it was, you know, it was okay, aside from... The football match. Yeah, it was a bit of a nothing game, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just disappointing when you lose a player after 15 minutes. It's like, ugh, come all this way for no reason. And away days have generally seemed to have been like that for me this season because I've, I've been to seven and we've won one of them. So maybe I should stop going. You're not going to Orient, are you? I, I might be going to Orient, yes. Oh, well, let me know and I'll, I'll sell my ticket post-haste. Yeah, I said a little prayer for our chances in that game. Yeah, where, where were you based at the game? I didn't see you. No, I was sort of, I was on the very end of the side stand. I could have essentially been used as goal line technology had we got close enough to the goal for it to have mattered. Uh, oh, so, yeah, I was close to you. Okay, no, never mind. Well, here we are again. Uh, we've got a busy week ahead unless games are postponed. And then, well, I just won't know what to do with myself if that happens and then JR's taking over 
next week for Salford because I am elsewhere. I'm going to Scotland. Ah, making it easy on yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think so. So loads to cover in this episode but we are now firmly back to just standard presses yeah with us we had that sort of one week laugh in where we got to ask sort of more uh highbrow not highbrow but sort of more big picture questions and to be fair there i think you know there was a bit of fun going on in this in this press with a few of the few of the questions that we asked but yeah it's, it's more standard stuff now oh if you listen to the whole thing anyone who had a heart would clearly see that you are having a great time with Jody Morris this week yeah it was good fun he's you know his um propensity to answer any question at length did did quite well for us with um Johnny's ask questioning about any rules he might want and I as ever am just intent on knowing what the catch-up status is at any football club so there was there was some good fun in there I will say Ah, some magic moments, I'm sure. Okay, so let's stick with the Newport chat because, well, that's how the presser always starts, isn't it? Jody Morris, final thoughts on Newport County and that, ugh, loss. Yeah, his opinions hadn't really changed. He was said, I mean, specifically said, I still feel the same as I felt afterwards, where you sort of, and it felt like the, the press conference came back to the point of Rashawn Hepburn Murphy's red card quite a lot. But, it's, you know, when when you get that red card so early on, it, it changes things quite quite a lot. And, you know, in many ways, you just don't know what to do with yourself. But um, they've... He, so he sort of made it more difficult for him to know, like, what he had, I suppose. But you definitely felt, even, even with that situation, there was a lot that Swindon weren't doing right. They weren't keeping the ball as well as they could have done and, you know, progressing it forwards until that sort of last 10, 15 minutes where we switched that back free, where, you know, things started to go a little bit more our way after Newport dropped off. So there were, there was some positives, but he was generally just sort of, the, the red card changes quite a lot and it, it makes it a lot harder to draw conclusions. Getting a man sent off after 15 minutes is never going to help. I still think we were actually not too bad versus 11 when we had 10 uh it, it was that was like i said last week it's what's made it quite frustrating that it didn't feel like we were bombarded we kind of had a few openings ellis Iandolo's marking for the first goal not great and then the second is what it is but other than that i thought i thought it was frustrating because newport were there for the taking had we had a full strength team yeah my main thoughts at half time were you know swindon weren't playing that well but Newport were so poor to the extent that it might not even really matter because they just had a nice penchant for shooting into the stand behind the goal. But yeah, we, we I think, sort of dropped off a bit too much in that early period of the second half. And then when you go a goal behind with 10 men, you're never really going to going to trouble anyone to win the game, even if Super Tommy Adeloy did, did eventually get his goal. Oh, and that was nice though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. I think I celebrated that goal like it actually meant something because it was just lovely to see Tommy Adeloy score. I mean, he's now scored as many Swindon goals this year as Charlie Austin. So potential potential push for a starting berth, or what shall we say? <laughs> uh, and yeah, he was asked something that interested me from Jody Morris's analysis is that they wanted or he wanted better footage. I mean, in the moment. Didn't feel like one for an appeal, this one. Yeah, from the far side, it looked like a sort of... He, 
he dumped him over his shoulder or something. But apparently, um, from from where um, Jody Morris and indeed the four official they were starting, possibly with more of a look of love than object objectivity, where it looked like I th- it sounded like it was sort of for like a push to the face or something that they actually specifically gave the red card for. So, and he said that the four official agreed with him when he said that they that wasn't what happened. He didn't he didn't push him in the face or anything like that. So, but the footage doesn't really back that up, or it's <laughs> it's the one camera angle thing where there isn't sort of enough. It's not clear enough for them to go to the FA and be like, see. But you know, he said he, if it was sort of a Premier League thing, they probably would be appealing it, which. God, certainly surprised no. me from having seen it in the not a, ch- not a chance. If you're appealing that, you're getting the extra game on top. I, I'm not saying like it, it's a vicious attack, but you know, letter of the law, blah blah blah. It's a red card, and you know, you don't like how Cameron Norman has is has gone down clutching his face, but I, I can't be morally outraged with it. You know, he, he fell into his trap and off he goes. Yeah, Norman clearly got one over on RHM when that happened because you could just sort of see he, he backed into him a little bit, made him commit the foul and then and then sort of got his temper flared up afterwards. And, you know, from, from where I'm sitting, you're just praying that the referee might be lenient because it's fairly early on. But as far as I as far as I could tell, it was clearly a red card. But they were a bit closer than we were, so maybe maybe it looks different from that angle. But it's as you said, they they don't, they're not sending it to the FA because they're pretty sure they probably would get an extra game on that ban if they did. Yeah, it's interesting because in the same weekend, I think Preston North End played Bristol City, and they had two similar incidents where neither Greg Cunningham or Ched Evans got sent off for reacting or pushing and similar not identical but very similar and when you see that and neither of them go and you you see ours has gone for something that's in the same ballpark it's quite frustrating but I wasn't outraged at the time when it happened it was like well he's going now they're going to have like a 40 second minute long sort of little dance around in a huddle and then the red will come up which is what happened yeah, the, there was sort of there was no real doubt if the referee was being fair. I, I haven't seen the Bristol City incident, so I don't know how similar it is. Um, it sounded like it could, in Jody Morris's eyes, possibly a bit of a Casemiro situation where, from one angle, it looks like he's throttled Will Hughes, and from another, he's just sort of patting him on the shoulder. So maybe maybe it's like that one, but yeah, it just it just didn't feel like anything you would ever even remotely try and appeal. Yeah, uh, well, what followed was quite a fun little chat. Uh, I think it was Johnny Leefield that asked the question about what changes, what rule changes Jody Morris would like to see. And uh, yeah, he got stuck into that question, didn't he? Yes, this this has clearly been a big fascination over at the Adver office this week because I think Johnny was tweeting about it yesterday and then obviously it comes up. Um, I think we talked about it with Jake Kane before the interview and then I'm not actually in the main bit. But um, Jody Morris, has, he, he clearly <laughs> put some thought into it, to be fair to him, and he because it, it wasn't like a slow response or anything. I think he kind of developed it as he went along. But uh, his idea is that when you bring a physio on, not for a head injury, that um, you know, for a sort of time-wasting scenario or just to deter time-wasting scenarios, that players would then have to be off the pitch for a certain number of minutes because just so that you can't slow the game down in that way. Because you obviously always see you know, when a team's winning by a goal, they're trying to slow it down. A lot of players go down injured. Happened at Colchester quite a lot. I think the goalkeeper must have gone down at least three or four times for absolutely no reason whatsoever. 
because um, just because they want to slow it down and they're trying to no, this is Jody Morris's way of, of trying to counteract that. And it was, I don't think I've actually heard it as a suggestion before, so it was quite interesting. Yeah. Well, what would you like to see changed? Oh, it's a tough one. I've, um, in, in, it's not really a League Two rule change, but I've always been a, a big fan of um, VAR being more of a challenge based system where you have to, you have to specifically challenge a decision rather than everything being reviewed just because, you know, you can't really have any complaints because you could have challenged it. Yeah, that's a good one. I wonder what the the pushback from that will be. It'll be just the, the sheer level of technology, all the quick technology that's needed. But it works in cricket and tennis pretty well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's and you get that sort of. It's, it seems like every other sport that uses video replays generally uses a challenge based system. I, I I don't know necessarily. It's I, I think it was sort of discussed at the time, but it was sort of a. I, it might slow the pace or. You'd have to stop passages of play. I'm not totally sure what what the real objections would be, but it always felt fairly obvious on my end that that would be at least something to explore. I want to see footballers do like what the cricketers do when they want a review. I want I want to see that. You want the TV sign or the T? Yeah, I want the TV. I want the T. I, I want, want to see the T. I want NFL flag on the play. <laughs> uh, let's move away from the Newport game and slowly towards. Doncaster but first there were a few questions I guess that file under general and we're what almost two weeks into the Jody Morris era he's been getting to know the players how's he getting on yeah he's he still feels it's early days he said that 10 days wasn't enough to to have properly get acquainted with everyone's tendencies but he's he certainly felt like being able to see them maybe in a 10-man scenario might have helped see more about their personalities and how they react to adversity and that sort of thing. So some positives, I suppose, from, from what happened. And he's, you know, he's, he's generally been very pleased with what he's seen from all the players, but he certainly doesn't feel like he's anywhere close to being fully acquainted with them, I guess. He's reviewed their positions as well, hasn't he? And I guess that some might move around a wee bit. Yeah, it was sort of to do with, he's, he said last week and again this week that maybe they wanted to be one or two players beefier as a squad and they, they've not got that. And then we've obviously had a couple of injuries. Lavinia is not to spoil things too much, but Lavinia is still out and a couple of others. So the, the squad's not quite at full strength. So you might have to move people around. The suspensions aren't helping that either in terms of RHM and Khan. So you might have to move players into different positions and try people out just to kind of try and fill in from where the, the squad is a little bit light because of, where they where they wanted it to be, and as well as um, you know things that aren't even related to transfers, where people just aren't available at the moment. We've got a pretty big senior squad, though, haven't we? Yeah, I was. You know, I I didn't think we would have been going for that much more in the window, so especially after Dylan Kaji came in. Maybe one extra centre back. When but when all our defenders are fit, you wouldn't necessarily say we even needed that. But you no, know, it, it I it I I guess there's just. Well, you do look at look at the squad the last few weeks, and you know, there are two youth players on the bench a lot at the moment. So maybe a little bit short just in this immediate moment in time because of those injuries. But I I, I agree. I, I don't think the squad's anything particularly small. Maybe there is just slightly light in some areas where you have to move people into. Morris was also asked on his excitement. Well, he incorporated what he wanted to give the fans during this answer, which was nice. Yeah, it was. It was not in term, It was not 
slightly overjoyed with excitement, I suppose, and being in front of the county ground fans for the first time for a match. He's very much sort of, well, we want to put on a show whenever we're playing, really. Away fans, home fans, who whoever's coming out, we want to we want to show them what we've got. And obviously, they didn't get to do that at Newport because dropping down to ten men means you've got to change a lot of things about what you're trying to do. We we saw some things in those first fifteen, where with the through the pressing and you know, the way they wanted to get forward, but we didn't get to see too much of it. So he's you know, definitely sure wants to be able to prove to whatever you know number of fans when they're playing in front of that they're gonna get after teams, be that nasty team that you talked about last week, attack quickly and, you know, just generally put on a bit more of an exciting show than the Thousand got to see last weekend. Yeah. What do you think went wrong last week with the connect between fans and the game itself? Because sold out away end, 1,000 people. I know, you know, it's 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 there's no roof behind the goals. So there's you can, It's hard to generate an atmosphere, but I counter that by saying that there wasn't a huge amount of effort to generate an atmosphere on Saturday. What do you think that was all about? Because you see footage from before the game and there's a few Jody Morris songs at the, uh, at the Windsor Castle, but when the game started, just didn't have that sort of vibrant feel of excitement that usually happens when a new head coach or manager takes over. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I certainly wouldn't want to admonish a team for only having three roofs on their four stands. I think we all know that's, that's the correct number to have as a football <laughs> club. You, you want three into four, that that goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've seen it a lot this season where it just feels like the crowd is more often at home maybe than away, but the crowd doesn't seem to be producing as much noise as you would kind of want them to be doing. I, I don't know what that reason would be because... No, as has been discussed, we're in a similar position to where we were last season and there didn't seem to be too much of a problem with it then. And especially with Joni Morris coming in, it felt like everyone was excited going into the game. But it's just been a weird thing with the Swindon crowd this season that they've not quite got behind the team as much as you would expect. But on the flip side, they weren't against the team either. It was just just one of those days where nobody was vibing it. Yeah, I don't know if there just wasn't enough within... You know, we've probably been spoiled a bit by the way Gavin Cunning clearly wants to play football where everything happens, crash, bang, wallop. And maybe there wasn't loads going on in those first five minutes or something. And then after 15, you're obviously going to get it punctured a bit like a balloon. But yeah, it, it, did, it did feel a bit strange that there wasn't more more of an atmosphere being generated from, from the Swindon fans because it felt like everyone was excited coming into it. Machine gun gunning tactics eight goals in two games you can't argue with it except for like the the whole tactical stuff well yeah you know defending is defending is the chumps it's pure vibes in gunning land (laughs) well he's still around so who knows um we might still see a little bit of that on staff matters ed brand he was at the game against newport dress it dressed very trendy like alongside sandro di michele but he wasn't in the dugout Time is passing by, and he's he's still not track suited. What what's happening here? Yeah, this is the strange one. He said that obviously last week it was kind of the same answer. They're still waiting for conf- confirmation. I I don't know what the holdup is. That wasn't specifically said. He said that the EFL, Swindon, and Chelsea have had an incredibly large number of conversations about the situation. He's understandably very frustrated by the time that it's taking, but. 
it, it didn't seem to be particularly clear why Ed Brand wasn't being allowed to, you know, be formally the assistant manager. Because obviously his presence at the last two games would indicate that he's, he's clearly involved in some description. And there's it definitely doesn't look like he would be going back to Chelsea. So I don't really get it. It didn't sound like Jody Morris. He either does know and well, wasn't going to share or he's what that holdup was or... No, he he. There is sort of perplexed as everyone else as why it's not come through. He said, "Hopefully, it'll be done by the end of the day." But it, it he also thought the same last week. So it's it's just a very odd situation. Yes, indeed, and I imagine it's more the former because I'm not, I mean, don't have the history, the timeline of of assistant recruiting, but I've never known EFL input required to recruit. You, you go to Chelsea, can we have your member of staff? Yes, it will cost this much. Here you go. And then there you have it. It, it seems very odd unless there's a little bit of a, a dispute, but employer wants their staff member for X amount, pay or don't pay. That That's how I see it. And, and I'm not an expert on the on the mechanics of, of football employment, but I've never known it to take this long in this as an issue by the time people listen to this it might be all done but it's it, it felt like a deal breaker potentially having having him by morris's side for this uh project um let's hope it gets sorted asap yeah it, it certainly reported that way that ed brand was kind of the the hold up in in the initial appointing of jody morris and it's still not done I mean, if you look to other situations, like it didn't take very long for Graham Potter to bring his staff to Chelsea earlier this season. So when when people move, it doesn't seem to, in other situations that doesn't seem to be an issue. So I don't know if it's Swindon are, are you know, being playing silly buggers about paying the compensation to Chelsea or what they've asked for. They're still negotiating. But then if that was the case, why would the EFL be involved at all? Or is it Chelsea have reneged and they've changed things around? But Clearly, Ed Brand doesn't seem too set on staying there. It's just, it's just very odd. It's, it's not, as you say, not a situation I've seen before. No, and I think mostly it's quite a coup for Swindon to be able to bring somebody in a position like Ed Brand was in because this is elite academy and he's not an assistant coach. He is, he's the main guy. So Chelsea, understandably, would probably want to keep hold of. But it's it's a sort of role that it's a sort of position where League Two teams would have this guy as your head coach, let alone your assistant. Yeah, when I looked at him, I thought, I mean, I, I'm very happy we've got Morris, but Brand is certainly in the summer someone we'd have been elated about being able to get. So, and, and him taking the assistant job is it, it's you know it's it's not the most strange person you've seen taking an assistant's job like Neil Critchley under Gerrard, but you know it it, it does feel a bit odd that he has that level of loyalty to Morris maybe to to accept to become be Swindon's assistant where he could you know, very easily be the manager but it, I don't know if, if he's he's clearly on board with doing that there, there must be at least some level of acceptance because he hasn't been he was not at Chelsea's mat, most recent under 18s match he's clearly gone AWOL so there must be some acceptance on their end to let him go I, I we weren't told what the holdup is, and I really can't think for myself what it might be. No. Well, well, we'll soon find out, and I'm sure it'll be sorted out in time. But um, yeah, it sounds like he's going to be an important cog in the Swindon machine for the remainder of the season and going forward. So fingers crossed, all sorted out soon. Okay, well, 
we're about ooh, close to 24 hours from Doncaster home. Uh, Doncaster are having a very frustrating campaign. They sit in 11th, but will leapfrog Swindon if they take all three points this weekend. They're managed by Danny Schofield, who I'm sure has had a great week, given what's happened to his former employers, Huddersfield. He replaced Gary McSheffrey at Doncaster back in October. Their experienced players include Tommy Rowe, Tom Anderson, Kieran Agard, who you might remember from that Bristol City game quite well, about bloody eight years ago now. Time flies. What a horrible evening that was. Uh, during January, they strengthened by bringing in Kayleen Lavery from Scunthorpe. Is that strengthening? Well, there's him scoring a header in the 88th minute now. Plus four low knees. James Brown, uh, he joins from Blackburn. Charlie Lakin from Burton. Todd Miller from Brighton. And Ben Nelson from Leicester. They've won six and lost six from their last 12 games. And last week, they lost at home 1-0 to Hartlepool and followed it up in midweek with a good 2-0 win over Tramier. So they are consistently inconsistent. And I really don't know what to expect this weekend from Doncaster Rovers because they'll lose against some absolute garbage and then go and put two past Tramier, who are in a similar situation as them, but ultimately are playoff contenders. Yeah, such as League 2 at the moment, that sort of as far down as 15 or something, you could easily see being very much in the in the conversation, 15th being Tranmere. And it, I mean, I think just based on that recent form, draw seems like the most likely outcome of six wins, <laughs> six losses. But yeah, it's, they are incredibly tough to know. We know how good Burton Loneys are. So Charlie Lakin clearly one to watch. The others, I can't say I know too much about. Everyone, I think, you know, Doncaster made some pretty impressive signings in the summer, like Luke Molyneux. So, everyone thought they would be possibly even higher up than they are is as much as they are very much in the promotion conversation right now. It's they it will be, as, as I said, probably draw, but it, they are, they've got some very strange things going on. And Jody Morris said, said as much himself as you know, you will ask me, but I'll preempt it um, in terms of they were, they were not picking up the wins that they in recent weeks, but they were certainly playing well enough to be getting them. He said at Mansfield, they'd, dominated that game against again another side who were up there in the playoffs and then made some silly mistakes and Mansfield punished them for it so they're clearly a, a good side and hopefully Swindon will make make that not look quite so true but this is this is another game as most seem to be against a playoff contender it is a season that would have wound Swindon fans up no end because it's kind of loss, win, loss, loss, win, 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 loss. It's just, it's there's no consistency on there. And when I look when McSheffrey um, got binned, they were doing okay. They were doing all right. I guess they, they saw the writing on the wall after a few losses in a row, but it's it's not really been weathered. And I can't decide whether their win in midweek <laughs> means that they will lose against Swindon. It's going to be a draw. Who are we kidding? Yeah, I, I think I probably would have been less less confident had they lost it because four lot defeats in a row for a side who are still roughly in the mix definitely feels like a win's coming. But you know, McSheffrey leaving is a bit strange, especially when you bring in Schofield to get another inexperienced boss in. It's it's not something that I I think makes too much sense in my head. So you know they they clearly had some faith in the guy like Huddersfield did in the summer, but but not enough from from the Terriers end. So it's 
it, it, it feels like, I mean, it's not too dissimilar to the way Swindon would be, where you, you just never really get into a rhythm. And that's just, just the way of League Two right now, because barring Stevenage and he, largely Forest Green, but maybe not so much at the moment, everyone's pretty rubbish. <laughs> yeah, the last time they won away, Doncaster, was way back in December against Newport County, believe it or not. And it was former town man, Carl Noyle, who scored the winning goal. But we won't see him this weekend because he's he's left um, and and already played several games for his new team. So, yeah, it was it was a surprise that they let him go. He's gone to Stockport. So, yeah, surprising one. Yeah, Moneybag Stockport. He scored last weekend, I think, as well. A pretty good goal, Kyle Noyle. So it was it was strange that they let him go. I think when Stockport buy someone, you kind of get it because they're they're rich. So you have to assume it was for that reason. But letting a player like that leave to another promotion rival for whatever money is is a bit of a strange decision. So how's Jody Morris feeling ahead of his first home game uh, managing Swindon Town? Yeah, he, he said he's excited. He obviously saw the fans at Newport. They travelled in good numbers. and He's excited to be able to see it actually at home for once. But he's still sort of, you know, not... He, 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 well, he wasn't going overboard. And, you know, he said in his opening press conference he wasn't going to be disingenuously fist, you know, tub-thumping at various points. And he certainly wasn't you know, waxing lyrical about the romanticism of what the county ground is going to mean. But he's... He just wants to go to every stadium and swind and take the initiative, control the game, use their possession, and and go go out there and win. Oh, I hope we do because I've got rail replacement service, so it's going to take me about an hour and a half on the bus um, to to get to this one. So I need I need positivity. I don't need to be entertained, Joe. I need a positive result. <laughs> yeah, I think I think whatever team you know, if you're having to use rail replacement at any point in a journey. You're, you deserve at least one point for that game, as we've discussed. That's very that seems very likely based on Doncaster's form and Swindon's as well of late, to be honest. But oh, if if I don't go, we're winning three nil. And if I go, uh, and you know I'm going to go, so I'm just whinging. Oh dear. Oh well, never sometimes you got to whinge, Rich. It's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I do whinge a lot, don't I? So yes. Deep breaths. Um, injuries. You mentioned Lavinia. What's happening? Yeah, Lavinia is. I mean, you said it looks like we're still without Lavinia, which means no Lavinia. Um, he's got a, a a tendon problem, a problem with his tendon in his hamstring, which supposedly the medical staff had picked up on, and then said we've got to look at this, and then they looked into it further, and it it's keeping him out for the moment. So he's um he's uh, very much not going to be playing. It's Shade possibility to be back. It sounds like he's in a similar position that Tom Clayton was in last weekend, where they're still waiting for the final yet yeah, um, green light on that one. But certainly more more likely to be involved than Lavinia is. And the only one of the sort of more you know people who are closer to team because the list of divine Harry's Baudry, um are very much not close. Um, Fraser Bate Tracy was off ill today, so mm. they're, they're not totally certain where he is wellness wise. So he's um, they'll, they'll evaluate that presumably when he comes in tomorrow. And for for Swindon's sake, he is hoping he's fit. Put in a sickie as soon as he goes permanent. This is this is office based stuff. 
Yeah, it's just full Owen Doyle. This this is like your normal workplace sort of behaviour. You just you just signed your first permanent contract after being a temp for a year, and then pulling sickies as soon as the ink's dry. I'm on to him. <laughs> yeah, he gets paid, and now he doesn't care because we. He's inked, he's inked up for eighteen months at least, so so that's uh, it's. I mean, it's it's shithousery of the best order, in my opinion. <laughs> Keeping us on our toes. Um, I hope he feels better soon. Lavinia, I've, I'm a bit frustrated because I, I think he's key for the second half of the season, and I think we need him on the pitch. So I hope he gets better real soon. Yeah, his season's been a bit frustrating because when he's on the pitch, he looks. He looks dynamite, really. He's been brilliant whenever he has been fit. But he had that first injury after coming in for a few games and then he got back fit and it took him a little bit longer to get back into the team and look great again. And now he's got this another minor setback, which is keeping him away, which is, you know, when Swindon are um, sort of down a few a left back or two, it's it's really not ideal when he could he could really be doing damage. And hopefully if he can, can get that run of games, given what he's shown in the sort of, four or five game burst he's been fit for so far this season. We we could show that Swindon very much have the, the best fullback lineup in the entire division. Mm-hmm. And if FBT is out, then it'll be Brennan Clayton, I imagine, with Minturn eagerly awaiting on the sidelines. Yeah, it's very much likely what it would be. Clayton looked very good when he came on uh, against Newport with another week in training. He should be he should be good to go. It'd, it'd be a slightly bigger selection headache if FBT's fine, so um, that'd be interesting to want to see which way he plays it if he goes with two lefties in terms of Clayton and FBT or who he's favouring at this moment in time but I think we've, we've definitely got enough without him to, to be able to muddle through. Yeah, okay, well let's move on and talk transfers. It's February 9th but we're still talking about transfers guess we didn't do all the business that we wanted to. First of all Free agents, are they looking at anyone? Um, no, obvious, for obvious reasons, no specifics given, but it sounds like they have been making a few phone calls. Johnny Morris said that sometimes you don't know um, why people don't have a club and you call them up and they're injured and that's why. So um, I, don't, I don't know if anyone knows who the players who are, who are injured and not without a club at the moment are, but it sounds like they've received a call from Swindon. Anyone with too much time on their hands fancies researching that. I'm sure you can find it out. Um, and then they, they've sort of been looking into seeing who else is available after those guys get crossed off the list to see if they can bulk up the squad a little bit, which I imagine would be centre back and centre midfield if they're looking at players because they seem like the most and indeed goalkeeper. But we'll get to that in terms of just adding that little bit of extra depth to the squad. Yes, Lewis Ward was specifically highlighted in the presser. I think we all expected Scarf back over the head by now, but a little bit of a situation, maybe, maybe not. What's going on? Yeah, it's a a bit like Ed Brand. It's a bit of a strange one. I I, I might read this one word for word to what I I had down, because it is a slightly odd thing for, for the reasoning in terms of there is an issue with his previous club and we're seeking advice on it. I'm not sure where it's going to go and I'm not sure what I can say about it. I would like him to sign, but I don't know. So whatever that issue is, I don't know if potentially he's owed, he's owed extra money from Sutton cancelling his contract or maybe they didn't cancel his contract before the window actually ended or something like that or, or what that issue is with Sutton. So it's... It's not totally clear. Again, as I say, like Ed Brand, it's not clear what that would be. 
but it sounds like very much if it if as if and when he is allowed to to make that move and whatever that issue is with Sutton is put to, to bed, then he'll very much will be um, scarf above the head. Someone doing a a compo of him making penalty saves last season. Yeah, well, we'll see. It is reassuring to know that Chile manager Eduardo Barrizzo is looking available. Um, he used to be known as Lee Camp, but <laughs> as as we all saw this week on social media, that Sky Sports got that all wrong in midweek, didn't they? But yeah, Lee Camp's available. Yeah, <laughs> an interesting return for Lee Camp. He's obviously well-liked in these parts after his, his absolutely magnificent spell in the sort of um, magnificent in the superb seven that made up Swindon's goalkeeping room during that that fateful season. I would be surprised if he was the man they weren't going for. It feels like they will probably just keep if it's not Lewis Ward, based on what Scott Lindsay said about all the free Asian goalkeepers, unless some other people have been released. I believe Will Yeskalinen is no longer with Wimbledon. We talked about him a lot. Went to Woking, in the didn't he? I think. Yeah, oh, he went to Woking. <laughs> My dreams are dashed again. I think his words were when um, a certain former crew manager wasn't recruited. I think that's where the dream died. <laughs> yeah, we, we could we could have been in for that. Me getting a Yeskaline and goalkeeper shirt, but yeah, it was Swindon having to bring in three quarter length goalkeeper shirts as well. I, I, I imagine they'll just go with Copland, and if anything happens to Bryn, emergency loan. If Lewis Ward is is proves to be unregisterable. I'm gutted about Yaskalainen. I wonder how much that would have cost because if there are like-minded people out there, we'd have been throwing money at the club, sticking Yaskalainen on the back of the shirt. Yeah, I mean, they could probably pay one player's wages off of us buying a shirt alone. So I don't know how many other people might want one. I'm sure Town End Taylor would be on board as well or whatever sure name is going by these days. Um, so, you know, if we could club together and we could probably sign Charlie Austin for another three years if we all went in on one. <laughs> uh, let's go to the Joe zone. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm um, just wondering, from obviously get going down to 10 minutes, it's not at all what you would want to happen. Do you feel like you actually ended up learning more about the players in terms of their individual mentalities and then also in terms of having to switch to free at the back towards the end and that? making a difference so did you feel like you learned stuff from that perspective um i think there's an element of of course i, I think because it's the first game and it's right since i've come through the door you're going to learn something anyway it's just you got to be careful that you don't overstep the mark and and take what happened on saturday as gospel because i've played in teams that have gone down to 10 men and adjusted really well i've also played in teams that were horrendous when you go down to 10 men, but even vice versa, I've coached and played in teams that have had an extra man and didn't make use of it. Um, I think there's, obviously, you've got to take every individual case separately. Um, But yeah, I think there's elements that you go, okay, it's the first game, you go down to 10 men, you kind of log some of the things that you were disappointed with and see whether they're going to be repeating themselves. Um, But, I've seen. I've been in the game long enough to know that sometimes the the effect of losing a player, as far as from the detriment of what you've been working on a week, can can be big. Um, what you, what I would like to do is get to a stage where it doesn't affect us that much because of what we're able to do from a physical aspect and from a mental aspect of adjusting like more in game. But um, 
like I said, I wouldn't want to take too much judgment on the first game, regardless of the the man man down or not. And this is going to be a slightly weird explanation, but it's something that really interests me when new managers come in. You hear stories like, I think it was one day Ramos took away ketchup from the Tottenham dressing room and then Harry Redknapp brought it back. Yeah. Carlo Di Canio banned a large list of things when he was here, yeah. which was including pasta sauce, ketchup again, which seems to be a real theme, and then ice cubes. So I just wanted to know if you've sort of, if you banned anything from the canteen or like made any rules to sort of not impose your authority, but sort of bring a, that new standard of impose your standards like you've been talking about uh, specifically yeah. talking about ketchup I want to know about yeah, well, <laughs> do you know what I've, I've experienced, I experienced that myself I played under Italians that were pretty stringent on what you could eat um, and because they were used to it it was no problem for them um, but yeah no those those little things there mine my thing at the moment is trying to kind of make adjustments that is adding rather than sort of taking away things that um, might be okay. There's yeah, there's certain things, but I wouldn't go into a couple of things that I'm. I'll be changing. <laughs> um, it's not as clear. I wish I wish there was a ketchup one. I, I don't. <laughs> I haven't really caught what uh, what the lads have been eating too much of at the moment. As I said, where you, you trust the the sports science department um, and obviously one of the things that I need to know is if people ain't in the best condition they can be in and at the moment it doesn't seem to be that bad albeit there'll be more demands put on them from that aspect so we've got to see how they react to that but going from there to there you can't make a big leap regarding that and catch up catch up would be a big leap wouldn't it I mean no catch up would be a big leap um, <laughs> No, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, not, not anything that I would, I'd like to share. Thanks, Joe. Well, good, mate. You're sorted. Yeah, so lessons from Newport and has he banned anything? And he was coy on that. I wanted a list. Yeah, I wanted a list. This is sort of... I always love when, the, when you, it comes out what managers do and don't want. It's the best part of hearing Paolo era footballers talk is hearing them, hearing them talk about what the banned stuff was. I've never understood understood the ice cubes, but that was all. That always seemed to be on the list. Um, I've always I've always told my mum, who's a teacher, that she needs to change the culture by banning ketchup in her classes as well. I don't know if she's done it yet, but that always seems to be the way culture is shifted by by banning ketchup. Um, and it, it didn't sound like that one had gone because I was very sure to find out. But um, he, he sounded very disappointed that he didn't have a, a more fun answer. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, how is Mum's Ofsted report? I don't know. I've, I haven't asked her about it. I think she's she's going okay. Just mostly moaning about people mm-hmm. getting in assignments on time. Yep. So if Ofsted is good, that means ketchup must surely be banned. Yeah. If if so, so the culture is right, if if you're doing well in Ofsted and therefore no ketchup. <laughs> okay. Well, a new. A new voice for the presser this week with the guest uh, from the squad being new signing Jake Kane. How did you find him? Yeah, he was he was good uh, as is usually the the critique with um, the new signings and particularly the younger ones. They speak too quickly, but I think he generally seemed to be in good spirits. He, not loads and loads of detail, but I think we got some some decent answers out of him. Yeah, he's he's got that north west accent, which just makes me think he's gonna. Go into coaching one day. I was listening to him and I was just like, 
This, this, he just sounds a little bit like a, an older guy already, given that he's only 21. Yeah, I was a bit surprised when when you see you listen to him speak and you sat looking. I was like, it's not the same guy, right? There's some sort of ventriloquist situation going on. But he's he's got that natural authority as a as a twenty one year old. Years in the Liverpool Academy will probably do that to you. Yeah, sounds like it, especially when you, they make him captain. Yeah, indeed. So how's he settling in? Yeah, it sounds like he's settling in pretty well. He said that the lads have been very welcoming. Obviously, as I will ask, obviously about Tom Clayton in particular, who he knew coming in. But you know, as as we hear from all of the players, they've um, they're made to feel very welcome. He's in good company among very recently former under-21 Premier League players. So I imagine there's there's a lot of common ground with those guys. And um, it sounds like he's enjoying it. And obviously, from a footballing perspective, it, that was kind of the reason he came here because he knew it would, get, it would suit him down to the ground. And it's quite Liverpool-like in terms of the, the pressing that Jody Morris wants in particular. So he's, you know, he's, he's settled in on both fronts quite well. Yeah, what what can we expect from him? What's what's his favourite style of play? Yeah, he's he's very much a. You know, I think he'd spend as long as Jake Kane would have done at Liverpool at the moment with with the Klopp stuff. He's very much a sort of pressing guy. Um, he likes to get in the energy, but also obviously show his technical skills, which we've all been thoroughly wowed by so far. Looks looks very good in that aspect and getting on the ball and trying to get Swindon up the pitch, which is very much something he he wants to be doing more and sort of taking more control of, of the game. Swindon fans will remember he, he played for Newport last year, kind of in a rotation going in and out of the side. He, he was a substitute in both of the games against Swindon last season. But it, it would have been quite an important loan move for him, especially now he's in League Two. So he's familiar with the way we played. And it was a. it sounds like it was a big factor behind him coming down. Yeah, that was very much the... He was always t- talking about how he felt very much picking Swindon based off of the way they played when he was talking about Newport as well he was asked um you know was he he'd been there and they were playing a bit more like that under James Robery but having seen Swindon play last season from his own perspective and and this season when he's been sold on the club as well he definitely felt that Swindon obviously are the the best side in league two as a, as a possession-based team and the, the one most suited to to him getting the most out of himself and hopefully getting Swindon up the divisions. How's, how's he finding adapting to senior football again, having spent the first half of the season in the under-23s? I've got to say, this is probably the first time I've heard I've heard someone say that he, he felt that 23s football is very competitive. You always hear that, no, it doesn't matter. No one's trying to win. It's all about development, yada, yada. But he's definitely felt like he'd been in not the maybe the same high stakes of... Every point matters football, but but it was very competitive. You know, asked specifically about you know, playing Everton in an under twenty threes match, and there was still that kind of edge and that desire to win. But he, he was very much in the camp of under twenty threes football is a good thing. We were we were always doing whatever we could to win those games. Yeah, I, I I see both sides of it. You know, from the club perspective, it's about development. But if you're a, if you're a natural winner you're not going to go into any game going well you know they just told me it's about development so I'm, I'm not really bothered about this game um they're always going to go in aren't they yeah i've i've certainly never played a game of football where i was wasn't really caring about the result at all and I imagine all of these guys they're all hyper competitive you know, top level players at their age group they're going to be wanting to winning the, those games you know, that it maybe it's maybe it's not their livelihood on the line every time but 
know, they're they're trying to get the, catch the eye of a first team manager at their own club or elsewhere to try and get their career going. So I, I imagine there is quite a lot of competitiveness there, even if there isn't maybe the kind of difficulties you experience in a league two in terms of dressing rooms, grizzled senior pros who who know the dark arts and the more you know physical football side of it. But there's it would definitely be everyone doing as much as they can to show what they've got. How's he finding the move down to Swindon? I think he's got a place now, yeah? Yeah, he, he said he's he's found a place fairly quickly, I would say. He was only in a hotel for a, a matter of days, and he's got a, a place in Swindon around a couple of the other players. Players not listed, but I'm assuming it's not far from the Darcy Clayton household. Um, so he's, you know, he's said that they spend quite a lot of time with each other outside of training and playing, so... No, he's he's found the move not particularly difficult. Yeah, the Northwest Brotherhood is is building in Swindon, and it, it's it's just so hard to just not just assume that he's best mates with Tom Clayton. Imagine if he imagine if he turned up and Tom Clayton was just like, oh, fuck, are you kidding me?" <laughs> uh, they were just long term rivals in the under twenty three. So that's not you. Moved all this way for. Uh, <laughs> Forget it. Oh, yes, indeed. Okay. So what's he hoping to get from from this move to Swindon in regards to his development? Yeah, he definitely wants to, you know, he's obviously clearly got that technical skill already, but he wants to he wants to develop his game as being sort of the focal point of the team. He wants to be the one orchestrating the moves and get getting the ball off the, the defenders and getting Swindon up the pitch and just being sort of the key man in the team, which... Certainly, I thought at Newport he definitely looked like he was more than capable of being able to do. Yeah, do you do you expect him to start this weekend? I would be fairly surprised if he didn't start. I'm not sure um, if Ian Lowe is still needed at the back, or you know, is Khan still suspended? Was it one game for a two yellows? Well, I'm not the journalist asking the questions. <laughs> well, this is true. I've <laughs> he wasn't mentioned in the absentees, although he was. You know, I, I would be surprised. I think it would be more likely that Kaji came out than Kane. For, for this game. Yeah, yeah, I would I would say so if he's back. I think Kaji would probably be rested for it uh, or, or benched for it. But he's looking forward to starting if it does happen. Yeah, he's, he's definitely wanting to get in front of that Swindon crowd, obviously. Um, you know, he, he has seen a little bit of it when he came on at halftime against Gillingham, but certainly excited to be in from the start and be able to influence a game actually with 11 players for a full match. Yeah. Okay. And this, and the final question before we return to the Joe Zone is: the hopes of promotion. Oh, please make it happen. Yeah. Looking looking at the the team coming down, I think we need to get up sharpish. But he's he's, he's obviously Newport were around the playoff picture last season. They were missed out eventually, but they were very much in the thick of it. So he's he's had that taste of being in a group that are, are looking for it. And he he said that he definitely sees Swindon as being you know, a much better equipped team to to be able to go and push on and, and get promotion. And, you know, he, he feels like, but, you know, knowing that is is a big part of Swindon being able to go and do it. So uh, he, if, as long as they can assert themselves and show their qualities and play the way they want to play, he's, he feels very confident being able to achieve it, which is exactly what we want to be hearing. Oh, it's a big month or two ahead though, isn't there? Yeah, we've you know every, every game seems to be against some sort of playoff contender because of how many of them there are. And yeah. which if we could just get a run going, that would be nice. Yeah, Doncaster home, Sutton away, Salford away, Harrogate home, and then Orient away, and Carlisle at home. 
tough couple of weeks, but this is what we were saying last year, isn't it, essentially? Yeah, you know, you look around, there's always going to be, you know, there's, there's probably only about four teams that you see as like cannon fodder, one of them being <laughs> Hartlepool, who were, who were in that list. So you, you, every game is going to be incredibly tough, especially when you see, we've already seen from Gillingham, that the teams at the bottom are pretty well equipped now after January. So it's there's there's not going to be any gimmies anymore, really. And and Swindon need to be taking on and, and showing how, you know, proving that they are as good as the players are saying they are against the teams that are, are in direct competition with us. Whew, well... We'll be here for it. Let's go back to the Joe Zone. So um, last weekend, so you were playing Newport and you were alongside Kaji in the midfield. What was it like to being the more senior player in that midfield? I imagine you haven't had that too often so far. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a rare thing for me, but I think um, I developed last year uh, my game a lot and I understood the game more and how it how it how I need to be to play in this division. Um, and then I, I was the captain of Liverpool 23s for the last six months. So I think that's added a bit more responsibility to my game and I feel more as a senior player already, um, even though I'm only young. I feel like I've got experience um, to play the game. And then Tom Clayton was in the back of a couple of your photos on Instagram when you left Liverpool. Did you have many chats with him before you came here? Yeah, I had a couple of chats with him. Um, he told me what a great club it is and how great the lads are. So that was a big part of me um, coming and obviously it weren't just about Tom coming here but it was obviously nice to know someone here already um, but like I said all the lads have made me feel welcome and it's a great environment and a great club um, to be around Thanks, good, mate. Isn't it funny just thinking that a brand new signing the, the notion that they're one of the most experienced players in the in the midfield given what we had just a few weeks ago Yeah especially when when the guy is 21 um, it didn't didn't feel like it would, that would be the case with with Gladwin and, and Louis Reed as, as the main midfielders, but you know when he's playing alongside Dylan Cadge, he very much was the more experienced one. He said that obviously having been Liverpool captain helped helped him deal with that, but just it was just quite a weird situation. And as I said, it's probably not something he's experienced too many times. Yeah, and there we go again the Clayton influence because they are best friends. Yeah, he was as I said, he was in the background of some of the Instagram photos. They love each other. Oh, best, best friends forever, and obviously, you would you would expect if if he knows he's coming to Swindon, he he knows Tom Clayton, he would at least ask, and that's very much happened. Yeah, lovely. Okay, well, that's pretty much it. Let's let's go to predictions. Woeful again last week. Um, blame Rashan Hepburn Murphy. All the rules, um, either way, did not go to plan. What are we going for this week? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm always down to blame the rules. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for 1-1. One, one. The, the, the signs are pointing to it, and clearly when we go positive, it doesn't work. So go for a draw. Yeah, am I going to just go cowardly and go 2-1 as per? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Let's, let's just go. It'll land eventually. Well, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, um, fingers crossed, and then I'll be speaking to you I guess on Monday. Speak to you on Monday. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble?
Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.